Davis. Her season's going to end on a double doink. One. Unbelievable. Fellas, have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung, and the global leaders in blow the waste grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with code DOINK, D O I N K, DOINK. Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The Performance Package 4.0 is the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like fresh tulips your partner wants. To start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave of your, on your hedges. To be mentioned, it's waterproof as well. No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool. It's equipped with an LED light so you know it'll be a major asset to your new shower routine. Get 20% off and free shipping is going doink at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping is going doink at manscaped.com. We also want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. Not everyone is someone they can lean on and talk to. That's where BetterHelp comes in. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. If you ever search for a counselor in your area, you know it can take weeks or even months just to get a phone call back. With BetterHelp, you can start communicating as little as 48 hours. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches that make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash podcast. And thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. Last sponsor today is Coolbet. Coolbet is the most transparent gaming company in the world. Coolbet also provides the best odds in Canada with world-class customer service. First-time users, use the plus code DOINK, D-O-I-N-K, DOINK, for a 100% welcome bonus up to $200 when signing up with CoolBet. That's code DOINK, and CoolBet will match your first deposit up to $200. Give our friends at CoolBet Canada a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CoolBet Canada. CoolBet, stay cool and bet responsibly. And welcome back to another episode of Eagles Talk with Deeg. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. If you want to rate the podcast, if you can, if you can rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, it would also be greatly appreciated. I am happy to be joined by my friend Thomas Peterson. We're going to be breaking down the Eagles' second, third, and sixth round picks that they made. Thomas, how are we doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, this was a bonkers weekend. Wild weekend. Did you get a... We were talking before the pod. Did you get some sleep? I did not get any sleep this weekend. <laughs> it, it, it felt today like I didn't have any sleep. A little bit today, like thankfully the third um, third day ended much earlier than the uh, first and second one. So th that was better. But I mean, the Eagles just continued to make moves that kept me awake. So <laughs> I guess in that in that order, there wasn't any. There was no problem. Yeah, this was. Uh, I, I actually just sent this tweet out. Like. I might be overreacting a tad here. I actually don't think it's too much of an overreaction. 
I uh, like th- th- yeah, this I would never overreact. Who does that? Um, <laughs> I, uh, I this is like this was probably the most exciting maybe stretch of Eagles football, and they weren't even on the field. This was a draft. This was like the most exciting stretch maybe of Eagles football basically since. I'd say the 2018 run, right? Like when they beat the, the Bears in a double doink game. Like you can argue making the playoffs in 2019, yeah. But like now, like this seems like it just seems like the juice is back. In 2019 and 2020, they were kind of playing with house money, right? Like that you knew the roster wasn't there. Um, but like right now, like this is to me, this team is just back. You're back in the fold. You're back in kind of the hindsight. You're back in the limelight. Sorry, you're uh, you're you're front and center now in the NFL world. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense to overreact to it. Eagles had a hell of a draft, and we haven't seen that in a long time. So whether it's overreaction or it's just, you know, reaction to mm-hmm. finally getting good players and guys that we feel can be difference makers immediately, <clears throat> I think they addressed a lot more than what we could have hoped for. Yep. So the uh, the reaction makes sense, of course. So um why don't we uh well so first off thomas and i did a live show which was awesome that, that was uh that was our first live show we've ever fun. done that was a lot of fun so make sure to tune into that it's on the youtube channel and you can also look at my twitter profile and thomas's twitter profile we did uh it's there as well if you want to take a look um that was our re- instant reaction well not instant reaction but a day late reaction to the aj brown and jordan davis um acquisitions acquisitions sorry so you can check that out there we're going to do kind of a zoom out big picture look later on this episode, but we're going to focus on day two and day three of the draft on this episode. So why don't we start with the Eagles second round pick? So they stay pat at 51, which I did think was interesting. I thought they were going to move down a little bit, but they stay pat and they make a selection. They take center from Nebraska. Cam Jurgens. Cam Jurgens is 22 years old. He turns 23 on August 21st. Uh, Thomas, why don't you uh, why don't you tell me what you think of the or just maybe instant reaction to this pick and why don't you what are you what have you learned about Cam over the last twenty four hours? Um, I think if if people who who, who listen to the Double Doink podcast regularly will know that we actually touched on Cam Jurgens um, heading into the draft because we, we were talking about guys that like under the radar guys that we thought um, were names we would keep an extra eye on and um, I mentioned Cole Strange who uh, happened to become a first-round pick uh, by the Patriots, and uh, and Cam Jurgens, uh, And the, the thing about both of them is that they're basically uh, copies of Jason Kelsey. So undersized center with terrific movement, explosive, um, re- relies on uh, on explosive ability to, to consistently beat guys off the ball. And that is the the exact way that Jason Kelsey has Jason Kelsey has been has has been making a living. So these guys are a, t- a tailor made for an, an an Eagles zone heavy offense where it basically relies on pairing up and teaming up with the offensive lineman next to you to get to the second level, it's like moving moving the initial the uh, line the defensive line off the ball initially and then moving up to the second level. That is exactly what. Um, what Cam Jurgens can do and what he was so successful at at Nebraska. Because if you turn on his tape uh, with Nebraska, you just see a guy who just flies up to the linebackers before they even make a hinge of a movement because they have no idea what is actually going on in terms of run pass reads. So he he gets to the second level in a heartbeat. He's a guy who who who's a difference maker in the screen game, uh, the, in, the, in the wide receiver screen game. Jailbreak screens can get out there uh, quickly and, and even take off the linebackers or an inside slot cornerback before it breaks to something. And he, he's he got a little bit of work to do in terms of, of pass protection, especially when he's uh, 
going to uh, be going against bigger, more explosive defensive tackles. And I mean, he's going to have a, a he's going to get his fire, his butlin under him immediately because he's going to be going against Jordan Davis yeah. in practice. That's so what I, he, that was one of my first two kind of reacted to it. It's funny that those yeah. two guys draft in the same class couldn't be more opposite. Are just body builds from those positions, and they're going to have to go head to head. Exactly, and I think for me, <clears throat> I, th- I think there were. They were other like you and I. You and I were, were were texting when all this went down, and we we both said you got to draft the Kobe Dean at this point. That is before we knew anything came out about anything about injuries and whether or not those were actually true. Yeah, we, we have I, no idea. I have I have a lot on that topic, so we'll hold. We'll hold oh, we'll, we'll hit on that later. Yeah. Then. Um. But but at, at at that point there, I think Jason Kelsey's endorsement of Cam Jurgens and how he his feedback. I mean, he had hour long meetings with Cam. Before the the draft, uh, simply because he the Eagles asked him, "Can you do can you do some scouting on offensive line for us?" And he came back with saying, "Cam Jurgens is the best player in the draft, and the guy in, in the, the the recent past years." So I think he mentioned four or five years that 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 Cam was the best prospect that he has seen, and, and the mo- the guy who reminded the most of himself. Um, of course, that is uh, a little bit of a humble brag, but when you're the best center in football, again, I mean, that kind of yeah. warrants it. So. And also so, think like Jason Kelsey just saw they, they drafted Jordan Davis in the first round and he said, Shit, I'm not going again. I'm not going up against that guy in practice. We need somebody else. <laughs> Put somebody else take my practice reps, basically. Um, so yeah, you nailed it. I, I think I'm gonna start with the prospect, just the player itself. I, I think taking him, I think taking him at 51 is more than reasonable. He's a great prospect, he's got a ton of upside. Um, again, the age thing, I'm kind of an ageist in the first couple rounds. I, I, he is gonna be 23, so you kind of want that not. Not ideal age for a Brendan Dean draft pick, but hey, he's only played center for over a year. His first year starting at That's center was last year in Nebraska. He played he played a couple games at center in 2019, um, in, in 2020 as well. So there, there's some uh, there's some upside there, um, just from the fact that he can learn the center position more. Um, I uh, I think the prospects are great. I think he's a great player. Like just the player itself. Um, just looking from a prospect angle. This guy is a top 50 player, was a top 50 player in this draft. So I think it's completely fine there. And uh, again, with the upside thing is there. Did you did you know that he uh, he didn't he played uh, punter linebacker and tight end in high school? So he wasn't even a center in high school no, as well. Exactly. And that's the thing Jason Kelsey mentioned as well. Like this guy hasn't been playing center for more than a couple of years, like a few years, two, two or three years. Um, and really this past year was the first year we kind of got it together. Yeah. And his, his trajectory uh, from starting out until, until this point and until last season has been amazing. So mm-hmm. if he continues that, the sky's the limit for him. And like and that's why I also think, excuse me, that's why I also think it makes sense to draft him now that Jason Kelsey has a year remaining. Yeah. Because he's not a, like Cam Jurgens is not your ideal plug and play guy, but he is a guy who can absolutely, after a few weeks or a couple weeks, like, uh, Dare I say it, but but we've been the, we've been seeing so many injuries for the Eagles, and he's absolutely a guy who can step in in terms of that if that is the if that is needed. But he's yep. also a guy who who really needs to adapt. And I think it was important too that they did ask Howie Roseman um, in the, after the day three press conference what they think of him uh, position wise. Like, can he can he kick out to left guard and right guard? And they said that they view him more than just a center. So I think that was super important to kind of get that information out there. That let's say 
let's say maybe he wins the the right guard job at camp like now that he it's not just he's sitting down for a year it's, this isn't the uh this isn't the Andre Diller draft pick a couple years ago or the the Sidney Jones draft pick in 2019 this is this guy is can play right away if it be at center or guard. So I did think that was important that the reporters did ask Howie. I was kind of curious what Howie would say on that. So I did that kind of changed my mind a lot because if he was strictly a center, then that does restrict his just position ability this year. And when you have Jason Kelsey, now he's a freak athlete as well. I think what I want to mention that Randy four nine two forty yard dash. He's in like the 99th percentile of centers at like a lot of these uh, athletic, like the 10 yard split, 20 yard split. I believe the box jump as well. Um, so this guy is an absolute freak athlete. Like he is, he reminds me a lot of Jason Kelsey when I was watching him, watching some tape. Like I, I kind of went late into Cam Jurgens. So yesterday when I was like watching some YouTube stuff, I was like, man, this guy is a kind of a Jason Kelsey clone. Now I do want to talk. I think it's a fine pick. Like it, it didn't blow my socks off. It wasn't, of course, it wasn't the Jordan Davis or AJ Brown trade, but I did think it was fine. I want to kind of touch on some negative points to it. I know we've been a lot really positive, but one, I want, I think this is a key one. Are we hundred percent sure Jason Kelsey's retiring at the end of this year? Like, do they, do I, they I have that information? Now. Yeah. Cause that's what I'm saying. Like, did, did they get this information? Because that justifies this pick a lot more than if they did not get that confirmation from Jason Kelsey. Cause what if Kelsey wants to come back next year? We'll see. Right. Yeah. Like I, I, but I do think that's important when it comes to this topic and Jason, it was Jason Kelsey, hundred percent. in on this pick, he looked like it on the Adam Lefko video, but like they are drafting his replacement, right? Like you do have to kind of look at it from that point of view. Like, I don't know if he's a hundred percent fired up that they did draft his replacement in the second round, just from the competitive side of him. Right. Like, you don't, no one wants to have the replacement drafted for them. So um, no, but I, I also I, think, also think we're at a point now with, with Jason Kelsey where, I think he's been wanting to retire for a long time, but he. Yeah. But I think out of both, because he can't, like he, he doesn't. It doesn't feel right to him, and also because I think he he wants to leave the organization in a good spot. I think he's that good of a dude. Um, and honestly, th this whole thing, I haven't heard this too much before. That teams are going out to their players and saying, "Hey, can you help us uh, scout these?" We all that is something fans talk about a lot. We say, "Oh, they can help uh, you know, find somebody. We should hire Brian Dawkins. He can uh, be in the scouting department." It's something we, we we often say because we don't want to lose these players, and we always want to keep them in our lives forever. Um, but whether it actually happens, it, it I don't know. I mean, to to a to a, to to a certain degree, sure. But to straight up go and say. Kelsey find us a, a replacement at center and then you draft him in the second round. It's kind of kind of unheard of. And so maybe yeah, it's, is it more a, is it more a transition into him like getting a role with the team afterwards? Or is yeah. that what we're moving into? You had that tweet. And that's a great point. Like that's why I think if they were going to make this pick, I feel like they had to have had hundred percent confirmation that Jason Kelsey will not be returning to the football team. Or else I just don't think you make this pick, right? Like, why would you do that when JC Kelsey's still playing at such a high level? And like it just it go it rubs people the wrong way when you draft your replacement in and especially that high, right? Like just the competitive um spirit and NFL players. So I do think they did get confirmation that he is going to be retiring. And I think that's important. Now, the other kind of side of this on uh, on the negative Nancy um aspect of the traffic is center is not the best positional value in the second round. You don't want like We've seen Jeff Stoutland be able to kind of make um, lemon. We make lemonade of lemons with a lot of these guys, right? Like later round draft picks. You, they've been he's been able to coach up an eight Herbig, a draft Driscoll, and 
I don't really know. I don't really understand why they are so, so like down or just like not down, I guess. So, so like invested in finding Jason Kelsey's replacement, like back to back years. Like Jason Kelsey is one of a one of one center. You're never going to be able to f- maybe Cam Jurgen turns into Jason Kelsey. Who knows? But Jason Kelsey is like one of the best centers of all time, best center of our generation, and just a completely a complete outlier when it comes to center position. So I just feel like it's going to be very. If you're looking to find another Jason Kelsey, it's going to be very tough. Yeah, but also like drafting Lanton Dickerson. Also, I think we we talk about it more as being Jason Kelsey's replacement more than it actually just being a guy who's been playing all over the offensive line and was a a freak athlete. Like he built extremely massive. So yeah. I don't think it had. I think it had less to do with being Jason Kelsey's replacement, more that it had to do with a guy who was just a versatile piece and who can be plucked in anywhere to the offensive line, and he showed that. And w- like, what do we know? If you're, if we're a year ahead from now, and Jason Kelsey is playing, like, if he's another All Pro player, and he wants to continue playing, maybe Cameron Jurgens has been put on putting on thirty pounds, and he can play a guard. Yeah, I mean. No, that, that's what I'm saying. Like the the position versatility is really important. Like I'm happy that, that we got Howie Roseman to say that because if he was strictly a center, like that does kind of limit what he can do. I I I threw this out there. I think you should be looking to start him day one. And we we me and you messaged uh, about this off the air. We looked up Isaac Samalu's contract. They can cut him or he's trade tradable. him. Yeah, yeah. he they can cut him or trade him after June first and save five point six million dollars this year and then one point eight next year. That's definitely on their mind, right? If they're making mm-hmm. that draft pick. Yep. And same well, especially Bissell with the way, year, right? so yeah, especially with the way Nate Herbert has been playing, because the argument for an Isaac Somala would be depth and, I mean, all these sorts of things. But but mm-hmm. Nate Herbert is a guy who's been developing pretty nicely and if lane johnson continues to play at a high level you also have a jack driscoll so there's there's a bunch of guys there look at their offense look at their backup offensive line okay let's like where you could have andre dillard at left tackle you could have jack driscoll at guard nate herbig at guard cam jerkins at center and like i guess a a, a toth is brett toast on the roster or something like that at right tackle like that backup offensive line can start on maybe five teams in the NFL. Yeah, it's, that's They've insane. got a ton of depth there. So, yeah, I, I think the Cam Jurgen pick overall is fine. Like, it, it, I think we all kind of overreacted. We all wanted a defensive player there. But when you kind of zoom out and just look at the prospect, the player, and um, just take a look. You at touched on his practice. athleticism. Just want to yeah. say, like, his relative athletic score is the fifth best of – no, wait, fourth best uh, of 532 centers since 1987. That is – there you go. Like he he's a, he's a freak athlete, and like his his play to matches like the tape matches he can get out there in the open field and kind of do it all. So yeah, and he, really the only reason he is he is that low is because of his height. Yeah, uh, and he's got and, short arms too. I, yeah, like, I think it, it was like his forty yard dash, his three cone, and uh, vertical and broad jump were all the highest. Next, like it was all second to only Jason Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Okay, why don't we move on to the big one? Let's talk to Kobe Dean here. Kobe Dean was oh, yes. the, the 83rd overall pick by the Philadelphia Eagles. He slides out of the first and second round, very surprisingly. A lot of me included, with a lot of the fan base and people that follow the team, were, had a, were expecting maybe they take him at the 51 overall pick. 
they even said how he even said in the press conference after that that was a consideration that they the dean and cam jurgens were the top two players on their board still left when pick 51 came and they obviously went with the offensive line they're obviously gonna value the trenches more so they went with cam jurgens but then they said they got their next best player on the board at 83 thomas what is your kind of reaction to Nicobe Dean, just quickly, Nicobe Dean's going to be 22 years old when the season starts. 5'11", 230, linebacker from Georgia. But yeah, Thomas, go. I think, for me, without question, aside from Kyle Hamilton, he was the best value pick in the entire draft. Do you agree? Agreed. I actually okay. think, I. you could argue more than Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton at 14 is a steal. But Nicole was a massive steal. Yes. Nicole Dean, like, was in, if you just look at the big guys, Daniel Jeremiah had him as 17th overall prospect. Gabe yeah. Brugler had him in his top 30 overall prospect. Like, Bucky Brooks had him in his, in his top 30 as well. Like, you had the, a lot Bill of the Kuiper, big, no matter what you want to say about him, I mean, top know, 10. It, like, all these guys, all the big guns that do this for a living had Nicole Dean as a bona fide top 30 prospect. Yep. And let's just get the injury thing straight. Like why did he actually th fall through the third round? So during the draft, the thing came out that he uh, suffered a pectoral injury while training uh, for the, uh, for the bench uh, bench press for the combine. And um, they rumors started swirling that he was, uh, he was suggested to have surgery, but he denied he didn't want to have surgery. And the result of that was that he could have, like he could, have to have a, a red shirt season in his first season in, in the in the NFL. And I think that scared off a lot of teams. And then it was also like a whole list of injuries that came out, like soft tissue injuries with, uh, I think it was toe, calf, hamstring, all these sorts of, uh, of, of injuries. But there was no real um, specifics to it, like when he suffered them, to what degree he suffered them, and whether it actually caused him to miss games, because we know he didn't miss games last season. And that was his best season of his entire career. Um, so where all these things really came from, we don't know. And he certainly doesn't know either, uh, at least if we're going to, like in, the, in his uh, press conference with the Eagles, he said he, did, he didn't know anything about all these. Like he had, uh, he had two, um, two medical opinions and he had a second opinion uh, on his pectoral injury leading up to the combine. So he had everything in order uh, leading up to the combine and, and all of those things that, that he should not have surgery and he'll be ready to go for the season. And he said himself, it, it was it, sad, right? When he was like, my mom was wondering, like, what, what's going on, son? Yeah. Like, why, we're going to lose, we're losing a lot of money here. You kind of felt for him at the podium there. Like, go listen to the clip where Harry Roseman calls him. I mean, yeah, that's just a man who would been waiting and probably worried sick about sure. how far he was going to drop because it, he was looking at a ton of money from, from being uh, drafted in the first round. And then all this happens, he sees these things on Twitter and that must have been terrible for him. But Eagles get the best player on one of the best defenses in college football that we've seen in a long time. Um, he was the anchor of that defense. He plays fast. He's physical. There's literally nothing he can't do in terms of being a linebacker. He is a violent blitzer. He is a he is an athletic uh, pass rusher. He can bend in the A and the B gap. That is rare where you see a linebacker actually be able to bend in that short space, in that short area. Usually what you'll see is that they hit contact and then if they stop, they stop. And then they just they they really don't become anything more than that. He is bending under it as if he was coming from the edge. Um, he's got the uh, he's, he's got the speeds. When he triggers on a quarterback, he can make them like he can make them ball, throw the ball away quickly. He's violent in the run game. 
Um, he he, and basically, like, there's so many things to that works for him, but the main the priority thing is that he reads an offense like that. Yeah. Pair that with his speed, he gets to the edge on outside runs before he gets caught by guards and centers. He's a violent tackler. He doesn't miss tackles. I think what he had, what was his missed tackle percentage last season? It was uh, it was twelve percent for his career. That's pretty good. Yeah. And he had the most pressures of um of of linebackers. All right, six in pressures and thirty one pressures. Uh, ten percent run stub rate. I mean, he he was he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. And he's a good cover backer. I mean, he is the ideal will linebacker. He's in got NFL great offense. ball production. That's like another thing. Everyone talks about his size. He's only 5'11. His ball production doesn't show that. Like he had he had eight passes defended. Um eight passes defended last year, two forced fumbles and two interceptions from a linebacker that's apparently undersized. That ball production doesn't scream a linebacker that's undersized. He also has long arms too, which help him out. He's got, I think he was in like the 95th percentile for long for arm length under linebackers. Like this guy, I don't buy just because he's 5'11 doesn't mean this guy can't be like a top five linebacker in this league. And that's what a lot of scouts, that's what a lot of like kind of football concussion uncles were thinking about him. Like I, I think that the injury stuff was part of it. I also think the size part was another reason why he fell down the draft. So you kind of nailed it with the player. Like this is an absolute home run at pick 83, like just from the talent level, like the leader of the, one of the best defenses that we've ever seen from college football. He does it all. He had six sacks last year. He's very durable too. He hasn't missed a college game at all in his entire career. He started every single game over the last two years. Having said all that, we need to talk about the injury thing. Cause I have, a, I'm having a very, very hard time understanding what the hell happened here. Right. How did he get to 83? How, right. like, did you, no I don't sense. know if you heard how Roseman said, like we, I was calling my doc, our team doctors and be like, am I missing something here? Like, why, what are we not seeing? Like, why is he falling to us? Jonathan Gannon was texting uh, Nick Sirianni and saying like, hey, this guy's still on the board. Like it was, the Eagles were kind of almost dumbfounded that this happened and, and kind of flabbergasted, throwing out some cool words there. But I, uh, I, I don't understand what information that the everyone else is getting that the Eagles didn't get. Like this is not a 83rd. Uh, he, this guy is a top 30 prospect. He shouldn't be right. there at 83. Like he should I, be the, he should be the, the, the next coming of a Roquan Smith. Yeah. That's what he's been compared to. Right. Like, a lot of people have compared to Roquan Smith. I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around exactly what happened with Nicobe Dean. I, I, maybe more information comes out, but the Eagles said he's going to be there at rookie camp fully healthy. Like there is no, this isn't like a red shirt ear. Yeah. Like this isn't, this isn't a red shirt ear. Like this is, this guy is going to be there day one. He's going to be yeah. playing day one. And Joe Shane of the New York, um, GM of the New York Giants said he was falling because of injuries. And it's like, he had a great career. The way he almost said it was like that the Giants have information that like this guy might not be able to play. Like it, I don't. I'm confused, Thomas. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see it. I don't see when it was supposed to happen. Yeah. In 2019, he played 245 snaps. 2020, he played 500 snaps. 2021, he played 700 snaps. Where? I mean, at what point was he? <laughs> he's a linebacker. They suffer injuries. They're always injured. That's what they. And it didn't hamper him at at any point. He played fully throughout every single game he played, and he played at a, at a super high level. I have no idea where I, I I I don't see it. I don't know where it's coming from. The man himself doesn't know where it's coming from. Yeah. And I think I we're gonna see in rookie minicamp. We're gonna see in training camp. Yeah. This guy, if he is flying around and being the same guy that he was in Georgia, 
Holy shit, the Eagles just got a, exactly. got a player. This is to steal the draft if he's healthy. Like I again, I, I don't want to kind of keep repeating myself here. I I have I've been thinking about it. I've been looking up information. I'm still just so lost about what happened here. And I'm kind of thinking like, is this a DK Metcalf neck injury thing? Is is that where like where where he falls all the way through draft boards? He was like he was picked in the third round as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was third round pick. Second round pick, actually. Second. Late last pick okay. of the second round. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's what it was. Yeah. I yeah, I, I'm uh I'm at a loss. I, I'm at a loss of words for this one. I don't get how the Eagles got him here from what they're saying. Like I've never seen just like a complete like the way that the league, like the way that the Giants said, the way Joe Shane had what he said about it to what the Eagles said. Like they're on completely different spots here. Like the Giants right. are like, this guy's injuries, we're not touching him. He had a great career, maybe not might not play football again to the Eagles basically saying he's gonna be there day one, he's not hurt. Like I don't I, I don't and, know what's and, going and on here. He himself saying that yeah. I could understand if if, if this was a guy who I mean, even after and that's what that's the thing that bothers me. He didn't have any stock in saying that he wasn't healthy. He was already drafted. Like you can say it at that point. It's not like he was selling something to get drafted earlier than what was actually the point. I mean, he was the third round pick. And after he was selected and he got his contract, he's like, I'm fully healthy. Yeah. And the Eagles this cost me money. And the, and the Eagles didn't. And I think it would have been completely fine if the Eagles said he needs surgery. He's got to sit a bit. Like right. I, I, they didn't even go that direction. I think that would have been completely fine for Nicole Dean's talent. Exactly. And that that's the key thing. You hit it. You, you, hit, you knocked it out of the park there. Even if he was going to redshirt next season. Yeah, he will still be worth the pick. I would have been fine with it if he was right. If he, if we didn't see pick, he was to sit. If we didn't see Nicole Beatty until week one of 2023, I would have still ran to the podium and made the selection. Like, just because he, just because uh, he had a, if he had to have surgery, I would have been completely fine with it. Like, take him there. And now he's still fully healthy and you're still getting him day one. I, uh, I, I don't know what to – it's such a hard – such a weird draft pick. Like, it's such a weird scenario. Such And, and there's going to be a lot more coming out on this, so I'm like, I'm really curious to kind of hear more back about this, but just an absolute crazy story for him to fall to 83 to the Eagles. Right. Let and me he, just um, – let me just quickly – you, you talked about the ball production with him as well. Yeah. Like, he never gave up a, tu- a touchdown in coverage in, no. in his college career. Uh, 2021, he had two, uh, two interceptions, two forced completions. Yeah, like he was uh, – Two forced incompletions. He gave up. Uh, let me do the quick math here. He gave up a, an average of five yards per catch. Yeah, this is and like think about think 50% about the Eagles, catch rate. Think yeah, think about the Eagles this year. Like they had they had some issues at linebacker. Like they had issues on closing out on running backs, closing out on quick dump offs. This is what Nicobe Dean specializes in. Like he, he's he's going to fit perfectly into a Jonathan Gannon style defense. Right so, and add Kaisi White to that resume. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to be counting. Uh, Hassan Riddick is a linebacker as well. I mean, we kind of shouldn't because he he should be paid to like he's going to rush the quarterback all at all times. Yeah. But the Eagles' off-ball linebackers just became monstrous good. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else on the Kobe D before we move on to day three? No, I think we 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 touched it pretty well. Okay. Why don't we talk? So the Eagles' day three was. I sat on the couch and watched from twelve o'clock the entire thing. And at one point, I looked at my phone. I took a little snooze, and I, and I missed the Eagles. Like, I'm not going to lie. I fell asleep for, like, 50 minutes. And then the Eagles, I think it was, like, pick one. They were supposed to pick, what, 160-something? And then they trade – or Yeah, you slept through the pick. Yeah, then they traded down. And, yeah. and I would look at my phone, like, crap, I missed the Eagles pick. I look, and they traded down, <laughs> and they were still 20 picks away. I was like, okay, well, you know what? That was perfect timing. 
to take a little nap. I got I got my Z's in there, so it was nice. And the Eagles still didn't make a draft pick, but I was on the couch watching the entire day. Eagles don't make a selection trade down with the Jacksonville Jaguars pick 188, then trade back up to pick 181 to select linebacker Kyron Johnson from Kansas. He is 23 years old. He'll be 24 years old when the season starts. Thomas Peterson, what can you tell me about Mr. Kyron Johnson? Yet another athletic freak. I think that is the way to 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 most uh, most accurately describe him. Uh, so mostly used as a uh, as a pass rusher um, in Kansas, and he is. I mean, he's super fast. Uh, do you have the numbers on his uh, on his combine performance or pro day? Yep. So he ran a four four forty um, at the at his pro day. He did not participate in the combine. He was not invited. So four four forty. He ran a one point five zero ten yard split, which is insane. Thirty nine and a half uh, vertical jump, ten box jump. Like this guy, he six point nine eight in the three cone. That's like in the ninety fifth percentile for linebacker. He is super duper athletic. Four four for a guy who's two hundred and thirty five pounds. Yes, that's like doesn't happen very often. And he had a good senior ball. He was invited to the senior ball. He knocked Trevor Penning off his ass. But we talked yeah. about it. we don't like Trevor Penning, and yeah. I don't think uh, Cameron Johnson likes uh, Trevor Penning either. No, you see they, they um, got into it like the the clip that I posted. You got a little shoving match. You see that guy on right. throwing him off. Right. I, I don't think anybody at the senior ball did not have a shoving match with Trevor Penning. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a, a good dickhead. One. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Cameron. So why the, uh, some uh, guys asked me why would the Eagles draft uh, Kyron Johnson at that point and not a uh, Beavers? From Cincinnati, and the simple answer is that Eagles have plenty of uh, of off ball talent at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kyron Johnson, with his numbers and his size, he is going to be a special teams god, and that is the way he's going to be be making his ways in the NFL while hopefully developing into some kind of a pass rusher. He reminds he's, me, he's the same mold of that sa- of that Sam linebacker. I was about position. to say that he reminds me a lot of Jadard Avery, what they wanted him to be. Doesn't he? Does he he's kind of got the same profile. He reminds me a lot of what they wanted Jadard Avery to be last year in the Eagles defense. So, yeah, I, I look. Kyle Johnson's a fine player. Like this is a fine six round pick. Like you, you never want to crush six fifth round picks. Like these are all lottery tickets, right? So there's no point in sitting there and ripping on him. The one thing that does kind of tweak me the wrong way is they traded up seven picks to get him and he's going to be 24 years old so to me that process they also got another six round pick in that trade by the way just that's fair. yeah that's fair so then they they probably realize like this is we uh we don't need to pick anyone in the seventh round so that kind of process is not up my alley but hey this is this is a fine draft pick he's super athletic i think he could potentially like you might want to stick him in uh some defensive line drills and some def- defensive line kind of learning techniques, I guess, maybe throughout the uh, throughout the offseason, throughout uh, their camp. Because this guy, like, he, he was at his best when he was getting after the quarterback, right? Like, he had, he had five and a half sacks last year. He had three sacks in 2020. So, he, he can definitely go get the quarterback. And he with can. that athleticism, I, I think uh, I think he he's definitely has a role in the NFL. You mentioned special teams. He's going to be a great special teamer. So, I, uh, I don't really have much else to say. I think this is a fine pick. Yeah, I think that's right. Fine yeah. pick, um, sixth round. The like some talent there, and a guy who can absolutely uh, contribute on special teams early and often. He um he was a track star in high school as well, so he he comes from an athletic background. Are you kidding like, me with that size and that speed? Of course, he was yeah. a track star. Okay, why don't we talk about the Eagles' next pick in the sixth round? Do you have the exact pick? Was I can't? I don't have the exact number. Do you know when they when they selected? Wasn't it one hundred and eighty nine, or was it ninety eight? I think it would have been 98. Yeah, you're right. I think it was 198. 
if you can double check that for me quickly. Um, so we'll they selected Grant Calcaterra, tight end from SMU. He is 23 years old. He is turning 24 in December. Um, he is. He was. I uh, played at Oklahoma. He was first team Big All, tw- um, first team All Big Twelve in 2018. He had a couple some concussion issues, so he did miss all of 2019 or some most of 2019, and then ended up retiring from football. Did not play football in 2020. He did, he did some firefighting courses, then he kind of had a epiphany moment, and then he ended up going back to college football played at smu for a year firefighter yeah we love our firefighters here in philly um so the eagles ended up trading uh not sorry if not trading they end up uh grant calcaterra goes back into football 2021 plays um at smu starts all 12 games 465 yards 38 catches four touchdowns at smu mr thomas did you find the pick number and if you did after that what do you think one 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 ninety eight one ninety eight Thomas, what do you make of Mr. Grant Calcaterra? I think it was a uh, I think it was a good pick. I did not know anything about this guy until the Eagles made the pick. Uh, I think it was a kind of a fun backstory that he actually wanted to not play football anymore and mm-hmm. then uh, got back to SMU. Um, I, I think he's he he surprised me because he's a good I mean he's a good route runner. Yeah. He can really run. Yep. He he I mean he's kind of um kind of built like a big receiver. Um, to be honest with you, did not look very comfortable. Um. Uh, yeah, uh, in line, especially in blocking, that did not look great. No, he's he's not going to be on the, this. He kind of reminds me of uh, Mike Kosecki a little bit. Same kind of body type. Same use. Yeah. Uh, PFF uh, compared him to Robert Townian, but yeah, I can definitely see yours as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I like so, I like a Grant Calcaterra. I think this is a good pick. Yeah, I think it's a good pick as well. I mean, some of the some of the touchdown catches he made um, over the course of his career were were kind of. Uh, Kind of giving that a little bit of a, a of a Dallas Goddard vibe, like 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 basically just mossing people a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he, he can make contested catches look look easy, um, and, and 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 like a dude who can really move. I think that, and to be honest with you, I think this um, like tight end, backup tight end, kind of a sneaky uh, sneaky uh, need for the Eagles. Yeah, I agree. I I, I think uh, I think he's going to be able to contribute right away. Like I, I, I'm not backing down from my take from yesterday. I, I the more I kind of dive into it, he's gonna have a role on this offense week one. I think like he, he's a great, great route runner. He should be right away in the passing game. Now he's not gonna be a first and second down player. So Dallas Goddard's probably gonna have to step up a lot more um, on those downs yeah. and, and be more involved in the in the run game because this guy can't do that. But on third downs, this is definitely a pass catching option and a red zone option that the Eagles are going to be utilizing right away. He's going to contribute week one, day one. I think that's a fine. I mean, he actually. Let's just uh, let's get him on the roster first. I mean, the the competition that he's going to have will be Tyree Jackson, who just went through uh went through surgery. I like I, I don't. I was looking at the backups like Richard Rogers is going to like. No, like this, he should be able to like, beat out Dick Rod Richard and... Rogers is not a guy that we should be a, like that, that he should be worried about at yeah, all. Exactly. Uh, Noah Togiai kind of been back and forth on, on no. different rosters. No. Really not a guy who should be worried about. Yeah. Uh, Jack Stoll is, is a is a good uh, situational tight end as well. Like he, he's he's that really good run blocker that you want in there on twelve personnel. Uh, and when you when you're in uh, in passing situations and you want to go twelve personnel, I mean, Stoll is. Is is not your guy. That that's when uh, when Calcaterra is is coming in there as as the primary option. And yeah. and look, it, like if he develops into a good blocker as well, he, he like th- there's some there's some real potential there. I mean, JJ Thigo Whiteside just probably just got cut. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't yeah, think he's making he, the team anymore. I do not think he's making the team over this field of, of tight ends. Like he's not a better blocker than Jack Stoll. He's not a better pad, pass catcher than uh, than uh, Grant Calcaterra. I don't think. No. Um, and, and Tyree Jackson, if he comes back healthy and he gets it together, and Eagles are picking four tight ends, I don't think JJ is going to be one of them. I agree. The JJ Ortega White side experiment is going to the end. saga is going to end in Philly. Um, anything else in the Grand Calcaterra before we kind of zoom out before we get out of here? No, did he play with Hertz? He did he do that in nineteen? Uh, so twenty eighteen was his last year at Oklahoma. Twenty nineteen, he oh. played in five games. So yeah, he would have been on the same roster with Jalen. Yeah, Hurts. He's been on the same roster. Yeah, he's been his teammate. He was he would have caught five passes for seventy nine yards in Jalen Hurts. Stats. The connection, like Jalen Hurts to Grant Calcaterra connection, continues in the NFL in Philly. <laughs> okay, so let's kind of zoom out. Let's take an overall big picture look at this draft. I've never been a big grade draft guy because I think it's very hard to grade a draft class before they do end up on the field. Um, so I think if I was going to make a grade B plus a minus something in that range, but it's again, it, it, these guys need to play football before grading a draft class, in my opinion. But overall. I think this was a very, very successful weekend for this franchise. You added A.J. Brown. Let's start there. You added one of the best wide receivers in football, if not, like, maybe not, if not the best receiver. He's a top five receiver, no matter who you talk to. This is a star player. You add him. You add Nicobe Dean. You add Jordan Davis. You add Cam Jurgens. You added four guys to your roster that are going to make an impact day one, week one. This football team's kind of – roadmap or or where they want to be next year completely flipped upside down now this is a super bowl contending team this year if jalen hurts improves that's true this is that is the big question here what will jalen that hurts is the be? question that is it's uh it's on the table now for her it's it's there it's go prove us wrong go shut the naysayers up go do something because this this team's ready to win now yeah, maybe twenty twenty three. Maybe twenty twenty three is a better year for it. But twenty twenty two, this team has enough talent where they should be competing in the NFC. And Jalen Hurts is going to be the big, big question here. What will he look like? What will the offense look like? But he has all the talent he needs. They never put a team like this around Carson Wentz. So, yeah, exactly. The, the this team is a, is probably like anything aside from the quarterback. It's probably as good as we've seen for a long time. Yeah. Since 2017, um, this is a better roster. Yeah. Like 2018, like Nick Foles was throwing to like we we did this exercise. Like who was the leading rusher? Um, Wendell Smallwood was the leading rusher in that playoff game against the Saints in 2018, right? Like they that roster didn't have very much. Like this this is the best roster the Eagles have had since winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. You got any other big picture takes you want to throw out there before we get out of here? Anything else at all on your chest? No, I think you're pretty. You, I mean, you 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 said it all. I mean, this is all on Jalen Hurts now. I think how Roseman has uh, credit to him. He's done a, a terrific job putting a, putting a team together now. That uh, Nick Sirianni, who I I have confident, uh, I have a lot of confidence in that Nick Sirianni is going to make this offense work. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to see what he's going to uh, what, what he's going to be uh, what he's going to be making of it. Um, whether uh, whether or not the Jonathan Gannon is going to make the defense work, I don't know. Um, he, he certainly has better players now yep. and he, he probably like he has um, he has a ton of players that probably fit that five front uh, five man front that he likes um, a lot better. Mm-hmm. I think I, I still think the the uh, the secondary uh, is as big of a question as it was heading into the draft. Of course, if they were to land a guy like Tyra Matthew, the the only spot really on the team where 
where you can say, hmm, we'll see if this works as cornerback two. But also, I think uh, there's going to be a very good camp battle there between um, Tay Gowan and uh, and Shaq McPherson. And I think that's a healthy that's a healthy competition. That's a healthy battle. It's a fourth round pick, and it's a guy who Eagles um, clearly valued in their trade uh, uh, trade with uh, with Zach Ertz. So. One of those guys is going to start, and if they do have Honey Badger in the back end, um, it it it, yeah. it could look very good. I think Tyron Matthews is definitely in play. I, I think this is a guy that Eagles that Howie Rosen is going to be taking a look at. And you also you mentioned um, Zach McPherson at cornerback too. I don't think it's out of the question that a couple of these undrafted guys that they signed could have a shot as well. Mario Goodrich from Clemson and uh, Josh Joby from Alabama. Those are two guys that they were high on. They paid. I think the most Mario Goodridge got the most money by an undrafted free agent ever, guaranteed money. So like these are these are two guys. Which one of them? Uh, Mario Goodrich, I think. I think he got like over three hundred k. And we didn't even mention the Eagles got Carson Strong, like one of my favorite. Oh yeah, like I love I love watching him play. Um, I love watching Nevada's offense this year. Um, shout out Mario Dubes. He went to the Packers. I, I think that was a steal in the fifth. Um, but yeah, I uh, I really like Carson Strong. I think this is a great great prospect that to bring him in your building and kind of see what what can happen with For him nothing. getting him an, yeah getting him an undrafted free agent it's a that's a terrific terrific get i don't think i'm as i'm right there with you with carson strong yeah. he's a guy who should absolutely have been drafted and mm-hmm. i mean he's got serious medical red flags all yeah. over the place oh yeah um but but if he somehow manages to stay on the field and and, and not aggravate his injury uh he could be a backup uh quarterback in the nfl for a long time and right. and who knows he has, he had um, like he has first second round talent, but like the, his knees, like he played on one knee last year. Like he didn't have surgery, he played through it. Like I, I don't know if that would have um, hurt him or helped him, but he was on one leg last year and he was still throwing sixty five yard bombs. Exactly. Field, so. I think um, it, I, I think the 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 cornerback uh, group that Eagles brought in. I think I'm a lot more pessimistic about them uh, than than I think many others are. Uh, mm-hmm. By no means do I think they're better than Sag McPherson in no way, shape, or form. Uh, oh yeah, it, 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 I think it's gonna be competition though. It's gonna be just an open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're gonna be able to compete for the job. But yeah, Zach McPherson is probably the the leader right now, and I, I'm assuming that they're gonna go take a look at the free agent market at cornerback as well. Like I think I sent you a list of some guys yesterday that are available: Trey Wayne, Joe yeah. Hayden, Kyle Fuller, Janoris Jenkins, Bryce Callahan, Jason Verrett, Kevin King, Xavier Rhodes, AJ Boye. Vernon There's Hart- also so Vernon many Hart- guys Hart- available that you can roll into the season with, like into the offseason or training camp with a McPherson and, and go on to to, yeah. to hope one of those guys cements their, their starting position. And if neither of them work, like you can still bring in a veteran at that point. They signed Steven Nelson in July last year, I think, right? Or like end of June, like July. So like there's there's still plenty of time. Plenty yeah. of time. All righty. That is all. That concludes our draft coverage. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Just thank you so much for the last week or two of tuning in. It has been a blast covering the draft. I had a lot of fun. This was a very cool experience. Make sure to check out all of our pros- my prospect interviews from the draft as well. Some of these guys are signing now. Shout out to Marco Jackson for getting drafted to the fifth round to the New Orleans Saints. And Andrew Trainer, who I interviewed, signed a contract with the LA Chargers yesterday. So shout out to those two guys. Um, make sure to check out Thomas and I's uh, live show that we did of some of our reaction to the AJ Brown um, and Jordan Davis picks from day one. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, and we will talk to you later.